Hockey fans, music fans, Bar Down Breakdown is back, episode 70, 7-0. Just wild to me that I'm saying 70. We've done 70 episodes of this, but today's episode is brought to you by our dudes in Coast to Coast Hockey. Uh, if you're like us, and you've, you've heard us say it before, officially licensed NHL gear, man, it's for the birds. It's just lame. It's just, you know, royal blue shirt logo right in the middle. Not for us, man. And last episode, you heard me right in the middle of the interview. Just go to that Coast to Coast website. I was literally filling my cart. They had such cool designs. You know me and Mikey, you know we're pioneers of this stuff. And you know that we know what's up when it comes to alternative hockey merch. And check it out. Coast to Coast mixes their love of hockey with everything else that rules just like we do. And they have been super gracious to go ahead and grace us with a checkout code. 25% off if you're a bar down listener. You go to c2chockey.net, type in bar down at the end of your transaction. You're going to get 25% off of your whole freaking order. How cool is that, man? Deals, deals, deals. <laughs> deals. Deals, deals. So do us a favor. Go follow them on Instagram. Coast, the number two coast, H-K-Y, Coast to Coast Hockey. You get them on Twitter at Coast to the word to Coast H-K-Y. Facebook at Coast to Coast Hockey. And don't forget C2Chockey.net. They've got some sweet, sweet stuff. 25% off, guys. Just use the code bar down. Get those deals, deals, deals. Amen, dude. I'm sorry if I sounded a little bit like Billy Mays, <laughs> but you know, there's listen, only one I mean, Billy Mays, my, and that's me. Well, uh, I mean, you saw I I did Billy Mays pretty well too, so I you know, I don't I don't want to hear your your nonsense, but but seriously, guys, uh, super super stoked that uh, you know Coast to Coast is is sponsoring in this episode for us. Super so stoked about that coupon code. And to be honest with you, man, when, when you go and check out their website their stuff is already not crazy expensive. So we're getting an additional 25% off. Yo, you guys are, you, you guys are in deep. You're going to love it. On that note, welcome again. Episode 70. We've got uh, a great episode coming up with our dude, Nick from, uh, we set signals all the way down there in Australia. Again, Australia, like, you know, the continent, <laughs> There's hockey fans there. I didn't know it. I didn't know it, but there are. And you're going to love our interview, man. We get such a cool perspective. Uh, but before we dive into that, uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. So uh, I figure we'll just wrap for a couple of minutes about what we've been, uh, what we've been enjoying, you know, in, in media, whether it's, you know, TV, movies, music. So I'll let you start. All right, dude. Well, first off, well done on your ad read. We are officially... <laughs> What 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 the kid the kids call influencers? Does that make us an influencer now? I, I I guess so. Maybe I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it. We're influencers. We're influencing people to go buy some dope hockey merchandise, and I guess that's all I got. But what I've been watching <laughs> recently, and I don't know, man. 
maybe I have a man crush, but Zach Efron, that dude is the man. And he has a new oh, yeah. reality show on Netflix yep. that made me just like have even a bigger man crush on on him because you know he he is a celebrity he runs you know in those circles but he is a down to earth dude and mm-hmm. i i really have been digging that you know Caitlin and i have been flying through that series so i think we only have a few episodes left but that kind of has has been on heavy rotation um also i i kind of posted this on our Instagram because I didn't really understand that out of time reference last episode. I went back and like rewatched back to the future one and two because there you go. Attaboy. Because, you know, obviously that's one of those iconic movies and, you know, even had its own ride at universal studios. And, you yeah, know, of course it's one of those movies where I'm like, I think I've watched it, but then when I watched it, you know, the past couple of nights, I was like, I don't know if I've actually watched these movies from start to finish. So those were, those were dope. They hold up all these years later. Very, very, very entertaining. The out of time reference is like literally a one second clip. So (laughs) how did you even pick up on that? It it's in the first back to the future. And it's just like the, the The license plate, plate. but you only see it once in, in the two movies. But it's iconic, though. That's just like an iconic thing. You know, it's like even though it's just there for a brief period of time, it's just like it's just like I said, it's just such a like an iconic and memorable thing. Uh, You know, I think the other thing about it is um, in the movie posters, um, I'm pretty sure it was I think it was prevalent in the movie poster for the first Back to the Future. Um, If I'm not mistaken, I mean, you know, there are like crazy movie poster heads out there that'll probably be able to correct me if I'm wrong. but. Yeah, man, it's um, it's one of those things. Like uh, my fiance and I watched uh, Ghostbusters the other night, you know, and it's just like you know Does that hold up. Like, that can't it, hold up. I mean, like like some of it does. Some of it's weird. Like Bill Murray is like super chauvinistic and like kind of creepy. Um, and like obviously the CGI doesn't really super hold up that well. Uh, you know, like next to t- today's standards, but you figure you know back in the eighties when you know, they were shooting these weird ray guns and, you know, you never cross streams and all this shit. I mean, like it just, it was kind of wild, but, um, it's just, it's, it's an iconic movie. You know, it's, it's like the the movies in the nineties that we grew up with, you know, like your Forrest Gumps and your Shawshank Redemptions and your, uh, you know, like the, you know, big in Philadelphia and like all of these like epic, like incredible movies. Um, you know, it's just kind of part of, part of what it is. But uh, for me personally, um, you know, I am letting you know that I am officially getting back into uh, record collecting, not like crazy like I used to be. But, um, you you know, my fiance for our anniversary bought me, uh, you know, a nice little record player. Uh, So I'm going to get back into it. But I will tell you, as far as what I've been listening to, it's really the last couple of records that I bought. Um, I bought a copy of uh, Pedro the Lion's Phoenix. Great record from last year. Bought a copy of Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, which I've talked about uh, a couple of times before, but so, so far one of my favorite records of 2020. I bought a copy of the newest Spanish Love Songs record. Again, great record, one of the better records that came out of 2020. I uh, bought myself a copy of Brain Pain by Four Year Strong, which I think is their strongest record to date, honestly. Um, and that's really where I've been, man. 
And, you know, I, uh, I've been working a lot, so I haven't had a lot of time to, you know, sit around and, you know, watch Netflix or anything like that. I'm the kind of guy who, like, when I come home just to unwind, I'll, you know, throw on YouTube. I'll watch, uh, you know, Binging with Babish, one of my favorite YouTube shows. I'll watch Maddie Matheson's cooking stuff. Uh, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan, so I throw on little wrestling stuff. But, like, to watch full shows, I just don't have the attention span for it sometimes, man. Dude, but, uh, do you I watch did... Big Mouth? Uh, you know, I watched like an episode or two of the first season. I know that's uh, like John Mulaney and Nick Kroll and like, yeah, a, you know, there's a million but, people in it, but I've never like watched like a whole season or anything. No, dude, it's so ridiculous. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I, I was watching Seinfeld at night and then we finished Seinfeld. So then we were watching Frasier and mm-hmm. we got like two or three seasons into Frasier before like it really lost my interest and i was finding myself falling yeah. asleep like five minutes into into watching it <laughs> and then just like having the tv on for the whole night so frazier's yeah frazier's one of those shows man it's, it's 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 sometimes a little bit too smart for its own good yeah so we 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 switched over and we've been watching big mouth dude it is ridiculous it's so so ridiculous see it's and, funny because i was a, i was a I was a big BoJack Horseman fan, um, but uh, even that, like, I, I still haven't watched the the final season of it. Like, I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like the permanence and the thought of like, you know, something being totally ended and done that like kind of freaks me out. Like, it took me a while to even like watch the last season of the League, uh, you know, because I love that show so much, and like, I just, you know, you don't want to see it end. But I don't know. That's the kind of person I am. I'm a little weirdo. Amen. So yeah, and then on on my music front. Um, I really have been just like bouncing all over the place, man. It, it, I really think it's because of Spotify that I just like really love discovering new music lately. So I've been just Mm -hmm. like hitting playlists up hard and, you know, I, I know we have our own playlist, but I also explore other playlists and that's kind of where I've been at musically. And, you know, I came across the new Dangerous Summer song, dude. It it's got a terrible title. What is it? F them all or Told whatever. Told you it's good though. But yeah, I thought that was that. That's one of their better songs I've heard in a long time. I'm glad that that single is is awesome, and I, I'm excited to see what they got coming out. And then, absolutely. Other than that, just you know, I can't even say like one specific band. It's just been all over the place. But one band that I have come across on. One of these playlists is our guest tonight, and you might have had a way better transition than I did, but <laughs> let's get to this because it is a freaking hockey fan from Australia, and yep. that is just cool on its own, but then like the whole perspective of being in a band in Australia is also very, very interesting, especially since there's so many super talented bands from australia so agreed yep you don't need to listen to tom and i just babble on anymore sit back enjoy <laughs> our interview with nick from we set Place where there is nothing making sense. Gotta hold on, 
Welcome back. We're here at episode 70, Bar Down Breakdown, and we're all the way across the world. We mean like all the way across the world, like as far as you can go, that's where we are. We're here with our boy Nick from We Set Signals, Australia's finest. First things first, let's just get right the hell into it. How is someone from Australia a hockey fan? How does this happen? <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you're not looking, you're not going to see hockey around here, that's for sure. A lot of people are surprised about it um, actually being played here. I was, it was a few years ago. I've only, only been playing for about five years. I was down at our local ice rink having a skate because we do have ice rinks here. And it was the late session. And I was sitting down taking my rent skates off and going to put them back into the, the higher stuff. And, and I saw these guys walking in. And I, I mean, I know what hockey looks like. So I knew straight away they were hockey players. And I saw these guys walking in. And I was like, there's actually hockey here. People play this. And so I decided I'd stay and I'd watch. And, you know, I watched these guys play. And I just thought, it, holy God, that is just so cool. That is the coolest sport I've ever seen before. And I, I'd seen the hockey before on, um, through the Olympics and I'd seen a few games cause I've got friends that follow it heaps. So I started watching it and before you know it, I started having subscriptions to the NHL TV and then a year later I get involved and start playing hockey at the club there. And once you start getting involved, you start seeing that there's actually a lot of hockey in Australia. The it's played in every state. We have an AIHL. So we have a national competition. Um, it, obviously, it's not as rife as the NHL, but it's definitely played here. And, yeah, that's kind of just how I started getting involved in all that. Um, I started out as an inline hockey player, and then I crossed over to ice. A I, I, I buddy told me he thought it would be better if I started learning how to skate and play on a game that's slower. And so I did, but I got way too used to skating on inline blades. So when I had my first ice game, holy crap, <laughs> I was falling over everywhere and I wasn't stopping right. And I was skating like an inline player on the ice. So, oh, and you're, you wear so much more equipment when you play ice oh, yeah. that like, dude, you're sucking wind after 30, 30 seconds. Man, I'm gassed. I'm well gassed. I, I, I'd be lucky to go 45 seconds. It's, it's kind of better now. I spent, when I first started, it was just, yeah insane it's the most intense sport and it's so hard to explain it to people especially over here in australia our uh, football is our main sport here so trying to explain that to guys who play an 80 minute game of football and and possibly could play the whole 80 minutes that you're going out onto the ice and you're skating around for 30 to 45 seconds sometimes you get caught out there and you're out there for a minute and then you're going to get off and try and catch your breath they just don't understand it and when you say football, we're we're talking soccer, just so <laughs> so our listeners uh, are aware. And yeah, so you well, know, it's 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 like rugby, even. So so we we've got a sport here, rugby league, and I know you, we've got rugby league, we've got cricket, we've got um, I mean, we've got a little bit of baseball here, but the pro the primary game here is rugby league, rugby union, and AFL, which is Australian Australian rules football. And yeah, those guys they they really fit athletes they go out and play on the field for like 80 minutes upwards of 80 minutes and 
So when you're sitting there telling your buddy that play that plays rugby that you go on the ice for 30 seconds and you come off, he's just like, oh, that doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but little does he know. So I, I love how Tom's first question is, uh, how did you get into hockey? Mine is like, what time is it there? What time <laughs> is it here? It's 9.30 in the morning. You know, I'm enjoying my first coffee of the morning because I had a late, surprisingly, I had a very late hockey game last night. So there you go. Wake up, make a coffee, and jump on a podcast. That's how my 9.30 a.m. morning's going over here in Australia. Now, is it Saturday yet, or is it still Friday? Yeah, we're ahead, so it's Saturday. Look at that. Just all yep. over the world. I love this. This is crazy. And just so our listeners listeners know, we are... Starting a new trend. You're going to have to get more international people on. Oh, dude. We're the number five hockey podcast right now in Australia. Let's get it to number one. Let's get it to number one. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if we'll ever catch those spit and chicklets guys. Are you familiar with them? Uh, a bu- yeah, another buddy dropped spit and chicklets on me a couple of months ago. And I, I hadn't really jumped on any hockey podcasts yet, but I would just listen to that all the time now. It's become my staple. You jump in the car when you finish work, and I just chuck that on, and that's what I listen to on my drive home. Yeah. So it's it's pretty darn good. I know here we are a podcast plugging another podcast, but it is good. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely too kind, good. Too kind. So you, you, I know you mentioned briefly the professional league that you guys have in Australia, and I was I was researching it because I I really didn't know, and it it does look like there's eight teams, but like the closest team to you seems like it's pretty far away. Yeah. Um, so it, it looks like the we, closest one might be Newcastle. Look, I'll tell you, fellas, I play at a very low division, so I, I, I would be far away from that team skills-wise anyway. Well, I, I don't but, mean necessarily like playing, but like going to watch a game or anything like that. The good, yeah, the good thing um, here, right, right now where I live in Brisbane, yeah, we don't have a team yet. There's definitely talk about some of our Super League teams looking at, moving into that professional space. Um, and it might happen sooner than later. We did have a Brisbane team. Um, you know, they big ice rinks here are few and far between. So the AIHL definitely tries to bring the game up here to Brisbane. So often we'll have games and tournaments being played up here with the best. And I, and I'll tell you what, um, our super league that runs here in Brisbane, I, I find is just as entertaining to watch. And I think those guys, those guys could easily go toe to toe with any of these AIHL teams. In fact, a lot of the AIHL teams pinch players from our competition up here. A lot of the, um, a lot of the younger juniors they've got eyes on those juniors are coming through much the same as, as the competition over your way We've those juniors are always got eyes on them and, then you find out they've signed a contract with this, with, with Sydney or something like that, and they're not playing here anymore. And like, I, and I'm happy for them. I'm happy that 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 we can create a pathway for these guys to jump into this competition. Some of those guys get to go over to the states and play. So even though the the there's no team here at the moment, that type of hockey and that level is still present here where I live. So it's good to be a part of it. Awesome. Definitely, man. So so. Just out of curiosity, just um, pulling back a little bit, how did you become a hockey fan? You know, like how long ago was it? Was it, you know, far before you started actually playing 
or did it did your love really start when you were like you know when you got on inline and you're like hey man like this this sport is excellent like where did that start for you i'll tell you it was a long it was a it was way longer than any of that um it's a bit of a cheesy like a cheese ball story um no that's good man we love cheese ball stories let's do it oh, well, i feel like a bit of an idiot about it a buddy <laughs> it was my birthday i think i was like 18 or 19 and i i've been i've been recording bands ever since i was 15 and oh, wow. i was recording this particular band and he uh, one of the guys there that i'm i can say i'm great friends with now you know, when you're in that that small uh, space making music, people you, you're gonna start forming relationships with people. Anyway, this guy, um, it happened to be my birthday coming up, and I was we were mixing and stuff, and I happened to say, "Oh, we can't record on this day. It's my birthday. Or I'm gonna go and do some stuff." Anyway, the next session after that, the guy comes in. He says, oh, he works at a store over here called City Beach, which is like your pop culture, kind of like Hot Topic. And he'll, he brought, he bought me a snapback because I like wearing snapbacks and he bought me a snapback and he goes, Oh, here, man, I know you like snapbacks. Here's this. And I turned it around and on the face of it is Boston Bruins. Now <laughs> I didn't even know who the Boston Bruins were. I just went, Oh, thanks, man. That's awesome. And I throw the cap on anyway, a couple of, I think it was like a couple of weeks later, someone just goes, Oh, you, you a hockey fan. Yeah. Boston doing pretty well. A lot of animosity. And this guy happened to be a Leafs fan and I had no idea what he was talking about. So I was just like, oh, yeah, man, cool, cool, for sure, for sure. And I just walk off and I think, if I'm going to keep wearing this hat, I'm going to have to learn a little something about it. So I start looking it up. I start looking it up and I start seeing that Boston has quite a track record of being an aggressive team and one of the most hated teams in the East Coast. And I start going, yeah, that's my kind of team. And so I just started watching. I started watching hockey and I started getting really into it. And I, it just grabs you, man. Like you, I don't know what it's like over there, but you can imagine here, uh, this type of sport, it's just, it's not a thing. And then it's just in your face and you start watching it. And then all of a sudden you just totally roped into what's happening. And this would have been about, if this was about 10 years ago when the game was still a bit aggressive, a bit more aggressive than it is now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just hooked, man totally hooked i think it's the case that there's nothing like it um the other thing too is uh, I don't, when i'm watching nhl you're trying to follow the game as much as everyone is and you're keeping up but it's just so fast especially at that yeah. elite level with those players it's so so fast these guys are skating unbelievably fast tight turns you know it's it kind of mixes a bunch of sports together for you for, for me especially i like fast sports i like watching motorsports i like aggressive sports i like watching rugby and and this is just something that just is incorporating all that we got high speed intensity fastest team sport in the world you know and it's just it's something that grabbed me straight away and i just i couldn't look back i, I remember thinking when i first started watching this thinking man how good would it be if i could play this this would be awesome so it was yep. good that's awesome, man. And I guess just one more question, just, you know, out of the, the ignorance of not knowing exactly how, um, how it works, you know, down there in Australia, but you know, how many opportunities do you get to watch like NHL hockey on like your, your cable networks? Do you, is it on often or is it on very little? Do you have to like subscribe to the it's, NHL network to get anything? I, so if you're, 
if you want to watch a lot of hockey, you have to subscribe to the NHL TV. It's not something that's broadcasted a lot here. Our cable TV networks will probably broadcast a feature game from the playoffs, and that can that can get um, pretty popular with people. And I mean, our 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 betting services and stuff will will throw on tips for that as well so obviously okay. there's there's a little bit of a market there for people to watch and enjoy it but we're not getting broadcasted the games on on normal television and things like that so it's 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 difficult to access and unless you know where to look or how to get it yeah it's something that you really need to try and find if you want to watch it and then like the the time difference has to be kind of an issue because we're recording at eight o'clock right now p.m and like that's typically when nhl games start and like you just said it's 9 30 in the morning so like oh yeah when all these nhl games are starting like you're you're having your breakfast yeah and and if it's not that um my my drummer he comes he's from canada so obviously he's a rife leafs fan and i hate it um (laughs) he (laughs) he is just he he's just such the biggest hockey fan and you know we'll be at band practice and there'll be a lot of animosity there throwing back and forth about things especially with what's happening in hockey but this guy will get up at three in the morning to watch a game when he's got work at seven o'clock so he's he's die hard me, me i'll just try and stay off facebook and i'll try and check the game out when i get home from work or something but this guy, like, I'll, I'll have messages from him at 3 a.m. in the morning because he's got up early to watch the game live. <laughs> so, yeah, the time difference here, I guess, if you're really excited about hockey, it doesn't matter. You're going to get up and you're going to watch it. So Yeah, it's it's funny. You know, we um, every year, you know, I'm a, I, Mikey always tries to keep my perspective on this off of the podcast because he hates it so much, but I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. And um, All right. Uh, so, like, <laughs> Six, seven years ago, and actually, you know, I was just about to bring up, uh, we were talking about rugby, um, you know, one of my, uh, one of my favorite, you know, New Japan wrestlers was a, was a rugby player before he started wrestling, uh, you know, Tongan guy, so, uh, but anyways, um, you know, I got big, you know, probably about five or six years ago into Japanese wrestling, and, uh, you know, they have like a, a big, you know, their Super Bowl every January, and uh, a couple of years like we watched it live and to watch it live literally i think the show starts at like 2 30 a.m and oh. man like as, as, as much fun as that was dude that's brutal oh it's so kudos to, to your drummer for being able able to do that because i i literally i remember like getting to the main event and it's like 5 30 in the morning and like we're just like ripping concentrated cold brew like where everyone else yes. would be like all right let's get some beers we're sitting there like drinking like a strong coffee as we possibly can can just try to keep our eyes so um i definitely don't uh i've been on the other side of it so you know i I don't envy you guys for that because that's that's a tough one oh it's you have to be dedicated here to love it you have to be dedicated and yeah this yeah my drummer man he'll just get up and he'll just be texting me going oh did you see the game i'm like no i didn't get up at two in the morning to watch the game (laughs) yeah no i'm not that that insane sorry though yeah i gotta work bud i gotta work So you mentioned that, like, you know, on your broadcast TV and, and the cable networks, like, you know, they'll they'll play, you know, the, the, the popular playoff games, you know, over on your regular cable. So when Nathan Walker made it to the NHL from Australia, was that like a big deal? Like, were, were they broadcasting like a bunch of Capitals games because of that? <laughs> 
you, they they definitely focus more on the Capitals games, but it's it it's not actually that much of a push. You know, they'll sit there and they'll say, "Oh, Nathan Walker was is an Australian hockey player. He's playing for the Caps." Um, but you don't you don't overly see it. You'll see it in the news every now and then, and it's I guess it's just not something that Australians realise that we have. Um, it's kind of like when we send an Olympian off for something that no one even watches, you know, like curling or something like that. It, people aren't going to be that interested in it. And I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. It's just, I know me personally, especially like, oh, this NA, uh, this person going off for this sport. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, whatever. But that that's just such, that's, that's kind of what Australians are like. We're so, yeah, whatever. You know, we don't really care about anything. We're just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, righto. So we kind of just blissfully moving through life, not getting too involved in anything. And we're very sarcastic people. You know, one thing means another thing. So it's we're not the type of people that get that invested in stuff. But when it comes to sport, um, those rugby things, like the guys have got a lot of diehard fans here. But, yeah, with hockey... I don't think they jumped on the um, marketing content as much with Nathan Walker as they could have. I wasn't really around. Um, I didn't see much when he did join, but it's definitely there. Everyone knows that he's the Australian guy that plays for the Capitals here. That's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, he, he's he's kind of like grinding it out right now in our minor league hockey league. But, yeah, you know, the, the fact that, you know, an Australian-born player made it to the nhl that, that's that's cool that's cool like you know there's plenty of countries around the world that never had an nhl player so kudos Man, to that. it definitely ignites a dream and a pathway for people here especially especially our juniors like i i play in a beer league competition essentially so we're all we're all just out there to play hockey and there's some guys that are really good and there's those of us that just want to turn up and you know hit some puck and go home but the, there's some juniors um, within our sections that are, you know, being eyed off by the AIHL. And there's other juniors who are being managed by coaches that have that pathway there. And I know I know of one guy in particular in our league. Um, he's about 16 years old. He's an up-and-comer, and he's been to the States a couple of times to head over and, and play there. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, he's going to be the next Nathan Walker. The way... The, for want of a better word, I guess the way he was being groomed for the sport, the way he was being training, he he was that his coach was getting every bit of available ice that they could. You would see him everywhere, and it was just him and his coach on the ice. And they were he, he's a, quite a phenomenal player. He I'm not sure what's going on right now. It might be the COVID thing. He's back here. He's um he's playing up in the senior divisions here, that some of our best divisions, but. He, he's the kind of kid that could probably go all the way, you know. Um, you see him playing, you just think, God, he shouldn't be playing here. It's unfair for him. Look at that. Bar Down Breakdown just became a, a scouting podcast too. Just <laughs> <laughs> crossing all bridges. I love it. That's it. Awesome. So um, I guess I, I have another hockey question. Like, you know, you, you've definitely – got into to hockey i guess a little later on but have you had the opportunity to like actually watch an nhl game in person you know what i have um oh look at that and and it was it was right when i was just getting into hockey so i really wish i appreciated hockey a lot more 
I was over in the States um, with another buddy of mine and our partners at the time. And he was the guy that got me into hockey and he was crazy about it. I was looking up, oh, let's go see a game. We're out at LA. I said, let's go see a game. Let's check out a game. So I bought tickets to the basketball. And then he came across and said, do you want to come see the hockey with me? And I was like, at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I was just getting into it. So I thought, let's go and check it out. And I'd already been to the basketball game, and I thought that was phenomenal. You know, uh, you attend live sports here with our biggest leagues, and it's just so different. Um, The people in the stands are chanting and yelling at the players, and the aggression that's down there on the court or the ice is right there up in the stands as well, and I love it. We went to the game. Who was it? Oh, man, he's going to hate me if I can't remember this. It was the Kings and the Blackhawks. That was the first ever live game I saw. Kings and Blackhawks at the Staples Center. And the atmosphere was unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like it. Um, I don't know, maybe it's something that you guys are familiar to, but we don't have all the, the bells and the whistles that are happening while you're watching the game. And we've got, I remember watching and I can't, it's, it's still vague in my mind. I've got pictures I can remember what I was watching, but I can just remember the experience was something I'd never had before and I couldn't believe it. I hadn't been to the States since, but obviously that would have just been on the bucket list now. So the next time I'm in the States, like, oh, we're going to go here, we're going to watch this game, but we're going to go here and we're going to watch this game. It'll just be a hockey tour, <laughs> especially if we're touring over there. Me and my drummer, we would just be like looking to see where we could go catch a game. That's for sure. Oh, that that's one of the perks of, of touring. Like, you know, we, we talk with many, many, you know, touring musicians that they're they're like circling days on on their calendar when they are in a city when, you know, they could catch a hockey game and they always try to make it work, but that's definitely one of the perks. And, you know, I I don't want to like talk trash on like the LA Kings, but their buildings <laughs> their building isn't even like known as being one of like the loudest or like the craziest buildings. So like, you know, no, I'm, no. I'm sure everything is going to be like times 10. If you get to catch a game at like, say the Boston garden in Boston, like, yeah, if I can get to TD, man, that's, oh, yeah. that'll be it for me. I, I can die a happy man. I've, I've watched the games there on TV and I just sit there thinking, Oh God, I got to get there. I got to get there. Oh, for sure. And, and like, I haven't personally been there either, but you know, that that's, one of the the arenas that's on my list, you know, I I know we have a bad reputation, but the Nassau Coliseum, where you know Tom and I basically grew up watching hockey, where the <laughs> Islanders play, that that yeah. that building when it is like packed and you know the the teams actually playing good hockey is some of the loudest fans I've ever heard for any sport. Yeah, yeah. Well, it look. If that was my experience at the Staples Center and you guys are saying it's going to be even more crazy for me, then you're just fueling the dream. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Let me real quick just spin it uh, to the other side of of what we do on this podcast and and chat a little bit of tunes with you. So uh, first things first, um, take a couple of minutes and just kind of maybe school me and school the listeners on what, you know, Australia, Australia's scene is like, and I guess I'm not too familiar with the, you know, the geography and the cities in Australia, but like, you know, is the Sydney scene different from the like Brisbane scene, like in terms of like punk rock or alternative music? Like how does that work? 
man, it's it's kind of it's kind of a well balanced thing here, you know. Um, the the scene, the the way the scene works, we've it's it's probably not so much a question of what kind of genre is dominating the area. It's more of a question of is what type of scene is dominating the area and we've got a city here melbourne um that's melbourne is just the place where everybody goes to be creative you know everyone okay. knows it's the hip city and it's always a fun time touring there they i would say they have quite a massive scene down there and that's not to say that there isn't a massive scene in sydney and brisbane and we've certainly got you know, bands coming out of regional areas that are killing it. It's def. I, I've seen the American scene, and it's definitely the Australian scene's definitely a lot smaller. And touring is a lot more difficult because mm-hmm. you can only play in capital cities here to really it, to be. If if you're going to jump on a tour, you can only play in capital cities here if you're looking for a big yield on the tickets. You know, um, it's it can be hard unless you're really good at marketing, unless you're really good at pushing a show in certain areas. Those regional areas within our states, and I mean we've only we've only got a limited number of states compared to yourselves, so it's not like we go and do this you know forty two forty three date tour through yeah. America here. If you if the typical tour here is is five dates, you know they'll play. Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, they might chuck a regional halfway through at Newcastle. And if they've got enough money, they'll drive to Adelaide and fly to Perth. And I think that's our mm-hmm. biggest problem, that the scenes that are being generated, are, are the, the masses are only really in those capital cities. So if to get your music to the people live, you have to drive there. And especially when you're putting on those tours for the weekends, um, that's a brutal drive. You're looking at Brisbane to Sydney is at least 12 to 13 hours. It's similar for Melbourne. If your tour starts in Melbourne, you've got to fly down there first, hire your van, and then start driving either to wherever you're going, Canberra, our, our nation <coughs> capital, or you might fly to – I'll give you an example of one of our tours. We were going to fly to Adelaide, hire the van, jump in the van, go to Melbourne and work our way back up to Brisbane. But it still involved flying down there first. And then you've got to get back. So no matter how far you go, you've got to get back. Whereas yeah. in the States, when you're booking tours, you can kind of just end up back where you started. Yeah, you book you know? like a concentric, like a circle. Yeah, exactly. So that, 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 that's, that's right. It's rough, yeah. Yeah, so those scenes, it's, it's more the, I'll tell you what, you know, you can go to a show here. In, uh, you asked a question about the genres. You, you can go to a show here and you're going to see a pop punk band, but mm-hmm. the opening band could be a new metal band and the band in the middle could be a rock band. And oh. everyone just accepts that. You know, you're not going to a punk rock show, you're going to a show and you're going to see who's there to play, you know? And that's a good thing about here in Australia. Uh, a lot of those genres everyone can get on board with. So if you're there to see the punk rock, ba- punk rock band, you'll check out the rock band. You'll check out the new metal band. And you'll nine times out of ten, if the guy's booked it the right way, you're going to like it. And it's going to bring other people into the scene, you know? Awesome. No, and, and I mean, and that's a great thing, yeah. Now, you know, obviously there have been Australian bands who have brought, like, broke into the U.S. market. Like, are there any Australian bands that you're, like, trying to follow the same path as to, like, try to get over here? Yeah. Um, 
well, some of the biggest bands, some of the biggest Australian bands here that have influenced me. Um, I mean, Parkway Drive were one of my one of my very first um, gateway bands. I think that's the same for any person here in Australia. If if they don't like, if they didn't like Parkway Drive in two thousand five, two thousand six, then you weren't in the scene, bud. You weren't in the scene. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Look. I've got a friend who used to play in the Amity Affliction, and I, so I used to get an insider look on what life was like to tour in that band from him, and it just sounded like the coolest thing ever, you know. Like, um, I guess pathway-wise, we're just trying to do what we can. For me, the, for me, the dream is to start being, you know, playing those festivals and get out there and be playing in the during the day and, and playing out to be all the, the furthest experience this band has playing and touring is, is in the clubs and going around and we're just starting, we're just hitting that point as a band um, where we're headlining shows. And I guess for me, when I look at other bands that um, I look up to from Australia, they all kind of said the same thing. They said, you know, we were playing those club shows and we were playing, we started to headline and all of a sudden things started, things started getting bigger and bigger. So I tend to, you know, any band can, you can lose your patience and think, Oh, nothing's working. And you want to sit there and say, Oh, we're not doing this for, to try and get somewhere with it. But everyone, everyone is, you, you, no one's going to say no to a record contract. You know what I mean? So, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so you're definitely writing to, do something with it. You want to write your music. We have a message to say. And in this, in this case, the, the new record that we're releasing is a concept record. And I would just love to follow in the footsteps of those bands that I've seen do it all too well and go over to the States and start putting that out there. Cause the following we have in the USA is probably 10 times what we have here in Australia. And even then here in Australia, it's good. And, and, and we're known, but, the yeah our stream count from america is tenfold on what we get from australia so that that's kind of interesting so now have you have you with the band have you come over to the states and played yet or no the band hasn't i have i okay so i jumped uh, some some friends i had in the states in the scene they found out that i was coming over for a trip so they organized a couple of shows up around New York and Jersey for me to play as an acoustic. So okay. we jumped on that and I played a couple of We Set Signal songs. So <laughs> it's it's not really a tour. It wasn't really a tour per se. It was more of a crime of opportunity. I could jump on sure, and play a sure. few tunes. But look, it was still cool. I jumped on a I jumped on that um New Jersey transit from New York by myself and hooked out to where was I? Is it Red Bank, I think? Yeah, 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 sure. Okay. But yeah, it got picked up there by my friend and we went to this cool little coffee house and it was just so cool. It was probably like seven, eight o'clock at night and nice. you would just order coffee and sit down while everyone played what like other acoustic acts just come up and play. And it was really you know, it was it was stone outside. It was like, yeah, the coldest I've ever been in. I can't believe how cold <laughs> it gets over there. Oh yeah, and, you no, know, it's, it's just such a good atmosphere, you know. Absolutely, I, and that that's super cool. And you know, I definitely, uh, you know, I'll be you know crossing my fingers that that uh, you know as you guys grow and 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 you know develop and and bloom more, uh, that you'll be able to get over to the states. Uh, so I I do have another question. So one of actually one one of my 
more, I, I won't say favorite bands, but like a band that I've really started to like quite a bit over the past five years are actually out of Melbourne, um, the Smith Street Band. I, are you familiar? Yeah, yep, yep. With those guys? Okay, so um, when they, I remember when they came over and uh, they played Fest, uh, if you're familiar with Fest, which, that's in, uh, it's like a big punk rock music festival in Gainesville. Um, right. So they, they came over and played, and it was like a really big deal. You know, an Australian band coming over, you know, and playing, and they had a, a big following. But uh, you know, I remember talking, like, just kind of briefly with, with Will, their, uh, their vocalist, and um, he was saying that, you know, obviously, it's kind of like when the tours, like when bigger American bands announce Australian tours, it's like a free for all trying to get onto tour packages because, you know, like a package will come over maybe with three bands already. So, you know, that fourth, like that really opening spot, like apparently for like local bands, it's just like, pardon my, my French, but like a cluster fuck for these guys yeah. to just like try to get on. So do you have any experience with that? Like, how is that process? Absolutely. We have experience with that. It's, it's tough, man, because, you know, every band here is so worthy of jumping on and jumping on these tour packages and, mm -hmm. and having a good time. And the, the problem is that's the thing. We have so many bands and when an American band comes here, it's, it is that free for all. We've all got to try and get on and get out there. Cause it's the only way we're going to go. We're going to get our name out there because these bands, I, I remember we, um, we got a spot with escape the fate that came over here in 2017. Oh, yeah, I think. All right. Awesome. <clears throat> and they, they were there. They put out the tender for, Oh, you know, who, who would like to jump on this? And we had just released a record. So I guess we probably looked a little bit more attractive. We were a little bit hot at the time. You know, that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. You release a record, everything's hot for, for a good, maybe six to 12 months. And unless you're really good on your content game, things die down a little bit, just a little bit. So we were right at the peak of, of going through a record and, you know, oh, sorry, it wasn't that. We just signed to our label in the States. So that's why things were hot. Anyway, we had put our submission in and then we got the thing saying, yeah, all good. You guys play. We played that Escape the Fate show to at least 800 people. And that's, the, that's probably the biggest crowd we've ever had. When I think back to other times that we've supported bands, just recently um, we jumped on it. Have you guys heard of the band In Hearts Wake? I don't think I have. Yeah, definitely, definitely something to check out. Those guys are really, they're, they're, they're kind of following us. Uh, they're, they're kind of following a, a dual pathway with what Parkway are doing um, with, you know, coming back to, you know, and don't pollute the earth and let's look after everything. It's, it, it's a really sure. cool thing that they're doing. Um, they're, they're definitely on their own pathway with that, but they, they've got a lot of pop, massive popularity here. They're probably one of our biggest metal bands, if not the biggest metal band at the moment that sticks around here. So we, we, um, played a show with them in the, in the same format. They, it, it's not even just American bands or massive bands that come over here. It's our biggest bands in Australia that put the tour packages together and everyone's got to fight for it. Uh, somehow we jumped on it um and you know same same situation we would have played to about four or five hundred people there and again they're your biggest crowds because obviously obviously you're playing with the the bigger headline so obviously everyone 
who's in a band here who wants to try and get some exposure is going to be trying to jump at that. And Absolutely. yeah, that's just how it is here. Um, you've really got to fight because I guess it's the same as hockey. We don't put on as many shows as I suppose you would. So it can be tough mm-hmm. to try and get it together. You know, we, we found it was, it's hard. You can imagine what a booking agent's email is. His inbox is going to look like his or her inbox oh, is going yeah. to look like it's going to be. Yeah. So how do you stand out? You know what? We kind of got tired of that. So we just sort of learned how to put on shows ourselves. So generally, if you come to a We Set Signals show, it's something we've put together ourselves. It's something we've we've booked the venue, we've set up the tickets, we're doing the thing. We've got uh, we've got a few people that assist with that in our management team, but for the most part, it's something we've put together because it's there's just we had to find other ways to get out there and start looking like we were a professional yeah. band and that we were headlining. Cause if we had just relied on being in inboxes for booking agents, it wouldn't have worked. And that's not to say that the booking agent isn't doing a good job. The booking agents got probably 50 emails that they've got to go through and try and pick one person, you know? So sometimes yeah, you've got to get out there and you've got to do it for yourself. For sure. And I kind of, I noticed that just looking over like some of the, the research we've done and just looking over your Facebook page, you, like you're listed as the, as like you're like you're listed as the booking agent for, for Australia, like correct. So like you're you're actually doing that in Australia, whereas you know your whoever your agent is in 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 the United States is different. But so you yeah. really handle that all. Yeah, it's just it, the the way we book shows, the way we play shows at the moment, and yes, it is my email listed there. We it's just easier for me to manage it like that. You know, here in Australia, you've got touring agencies as well, and they want to work with who they want to work with. And that's, that's all well and good. We haven't, we were on a touring agency for a while and, you know, it was, it was all right. And then things happen and then you you end up, you're not on the touring agency. We haven't really been approached by a reputable agency yet, but I mean, Mm -hmm. that's not to say anything against us or them. It's just, we're, we're probably only just starting to get on those radars now. A couple of years ago, you guys used to have the Soundwave Music Festival, and like, basic, yeah. basically every band that was anything in the United States would always go over to play that because it was a chance for them to go to Australia. So like, right? Even you know our our good friends in Envy on the Coast, like they played Soundwave, and yep. when I was looking over like the the lineups, I was really really shocked at like the amount of Australian bands that were on, on the tour, like maybe five or six for each, you know, each date, which like, yeah, when you yeah. think about the amount of crazy good Australian bands, like that's not a lot. No. And you know what? It, a lot of those Australian bands that made it on there, they were pr- probably our, be- our biggest and our best of the time, you know? And that's, again, you've got to understand the culture here. People here in Australia are listening to American bands and the guys certainly knew how to put a festival on. And I suppose if they needed to sell tickets and get tickets, they needed to get those American bands here. So, I mean, in one way you can look at it like, oh, it's a shame that there weren't Australian bands here. But I guess, and look, don't quote me on this because I obviously never worked on a on a tour like that and I don't know much about it, but... I mean, I can guess if those big bands were there, that's because these guys are trying to really sell the tickets and get the people there. We had a we had another um, festival there 
before Soundwave called Big Day Out. And so Soundwave kind of, I, I think, was something that formed during and then after that period. And it was Big Day Out was the same. We'd get a lot of American bands here. It was um, funded and supported by our music networks that were here. And that's all you'd ever see is those American bands. Like, you know, I went to Big Day Out 2006 and, you know, I saw System of a Down and Slipknot play and all that sort of stuff. And that was just so awesome for me. But when you move up to that Soundwave area, you're right. There, there really wasn't that many Australian bands on the bill and there generally isn't. I mean, towards the end, I started seeing a bit more of a, a 50-50 thing. And that's when one of our, we've got a touring agency here that's affiliated with one of our biggest labels. And they, maybe at the time when Soundwave was becoming a thing, um, they didn't have as much of a hold on or a piece of the pie in the music industry. But those guys at Unified have certainly helped get Australian bands further in the spotlight on bigger, bigger festivals like this. So, yeah, I mean... Soundwave's not a thing here anymore, but when it was a thing, there were wasn't many Australian bands there. But it definitely seems like that's changing, which is good. So, are are they bringing Soundwave back? Because I, I thought that that was over. It's over, man. Oh, I yeah. I highly doubt that's coming back. There's other festivals. There's other festival festivals that pop up. We've got a, the biggest festival we have here at the moment is the Unified Festival. So that's the label Unified putting together a festival down in Melbourne and that thing's quite popular. And the good thing with that is they can put a bunch of Aussie bands on that while having, uh, you know, uh, when I've seen the bill, it's usually half and half. You'll see about 50% Australian bands and then 50% international. And yeah, everyone loves going to that. It's a big camp out over a couple of days and yeah, right now I think there's no need for a sound wave if that's what's going on, you know, every January, February. So I don't think we'll see it back. It had a bit of a downturn in the news and um, apparently, don't, again, don't quote me on this. From what <laughs> I saw, it just seems like it's not coming back. <laughs> gotcha. So, you know, as you guys were like kind of following along with what what's going on in the States, was it like really devastating for you guys when – van's warp tour called it quits because like you know i i oh. went to the last one and you know i i believe tonight alive is an australian band right yes a great australian band yeah and like you know for them to to you know i, I would imagine that that was a huge opportunity to be able to play like the full van's warp tour like you know now sure. that that's not a thing i feel like that's tough for you guys because there there's not yeah. like one national tour like that right now like you know they're, they're smaller ones but they only do you know regional stuff you know like a boston yeah. philly new jersey long island kind of thing so like not having warp tour must be so tough yeah i i remember when they canceled it and it was like a childhood dream gone i was like oh not can't you know when they said we're not going to be doing this nationally anymore it's like your dream shattering in front of you and you're like duh look there's a lot more Australian bands in front of us that deserve to jump on that lineup before we did, but it didn't mean that the dream couldn't be alive. And yeah, it's definitely, it was crushing, man. Um, even I, I just wanted to go to one. So even if I hadn't attended as a musician, I would have loved to in my life, just say that I'd gone to a warp tour, you know, and it's, we didn't really understand it that much over here. Cause we just thought it was the biggest thing. And all of a sudden it's not happening anymore. 
So it it, it that's it definitely made things tough trying to organize shows and touring in the states. The only way we can make it um, worthy or profitable is to come over for five to six weeks to try and make the money that we need to make, you know, and that's hard for all of us. Cause we, we're not a, obviously, I don't think anyone makes mu- mu- uh, money in the music industry the way they used to. So we, you know, we've all got full-time jobs still and we've got to walk away from that for five to six weeks to chase the dream. And we've all got families and you know, yeah. it, you got to turn around and just be like, you got to say to your partner, all right, well, I have to go do this thing now for five to six weeks and we're not going to make much money from it, but we might get a bit more popularity. That can be tough. It's really, really tough. Especially yeah, when you've got the, when you've got uh, responsibilities back here in Australia <laughs> and, and especially like you got to hand it to partners and families of people and musicians. They've just got to let those guys and girls go you know what i mean because it's so hard to explain to someone i have to go and follow my dream right now and i can't be here you know and it makes so much sense to you but it doesn't make any sense to them because you're you have to be here to follow your responsibilities so financially to have to go and play in the states we've got a tour for five to six weeks and that's any band you'll find a lot of no no australian bands going over there and touring for a week unless it was some massive festival oh yeah Of course, yeah. No, it has to make it has to be fiscally responsible. But then I got to think to myself, like, well, you know, not every band can take the time out of their lives to do, you know, forty cities. You know, I I I think that that Modern Life is War song. What does he say? Like thirty eight, thirty eight shows, thirty eight days, or something like that. It's just like you know, those days are are over for some people because it's just not not realistic. And uh, you know, so I I can totally see where you're coming from. Um, you know, on that for, for sure, it, it, it's a rough one. It's, it's tough, man. Like you're right that you, we get to this age, priorities start changing, you know, you start, it's not that you start caring so much about band, but are there, there are other more, more important things, you know, I've, I've got a family, a lot of the guys have the family and it's, it, it can be tough to walk away from that. Like there's so much you have to do when you're at home and your day to day is just so busy i i've i've got a um i've got a 17 month old son and so mm-hmm. just having a child is can, can be something that is really hard to keep up with and then keep up with everything else in your life it's a full-time job for sure and you know i i guess i'm lucky in that, that regard that i can get away and keep doing this i'm <laughs> i remember saying to the guys oh you know i'm, I'm gonna have a kid and everyone just going, oh, well, that's the band over. I guess that's it. Because they thought they thought that was done. They thought I had to walk away from it. I said, no, 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 we'll, that's not that's not going to happen. We're going to we're going to work yeah. it out. And, you know, to exactly. be fair, I didn't know uh, there wasn't much of a difference in my commitment. I, I, I do the recording. I write a lot of the music. And mm-hmm. look, we put this whole record out right as my son was born. So I think we did OK. But there's definitely, there's definitely that restriction as you get older. I, mean, I remember being 20 and I could, uh, I remember being 20 and someone messaged me from an, a friend's band and just said, Hey, our guitarist, he can't uh, play the show. Can you fill in? And I had like two days to learn the record and then jump in a van with them down to Melbourne. And, yeah. um, 
yeah, and I could just do that. If that happened today, I would feel like, uh, no, I can't do that. Yeah, right, so. exactly. Like, <laughs> unless you're, uh, unless you're telling me that, uh, you know, you're going to pay me five grand, uh, you know, yeah. then uh, maybe we'll talk. But <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, one, so one, one other quick thing. So I just, just out of curiosity. So obviously, you guys signed with, uh, we are triumphant, and and uh, uh, they're putting out your stuff in the states, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So how did you? How did you link up with them? That's question number one. And then to piggyback off of that, you know, obviously you did, uh, you know, abandoned home, open abandoned ship. Uh, are you guys working on on new music that will be, uh, you know, re- released through through them in the next, you know, couple, you know, year or so? You know, what's on your horizon uh, for you know your new music that uh, you know we're uh, we're looking forward to? Yeah, man. Um, well, okay. So, I mean, Greg Long at we are triumphant was the one that found us we had an email in the inbox just saying hey you know congratulations on your one million streams on spotify you know oh, let, yeah. let's have a chat and i went we because then i looked at my guitarist mark and just said we had one million streams on spotify <laughs> so i didn't even know until he said it so you know we started back and forth thing talking about what we could do and he dropped a contract on us and I mean, it was our fir- it's our first contract, so, you know, you're sort of going through it as a band and, oh, let's make sure we're not, you know, get stuck in something or anything like that. But uh, it's it's been a very good relationship that we've had with that label. And, you know, Greg, he really knows that streaming game. He really knows how to get he's, – he's thrown ideas at me like, oh, we're going to do this with this song and we're going to do that and it's going to be great and it's going to work out. And – I'll just sit there like, what? We can't do that. That's that's going to be crazy. And next minute, all these streams are coming in. You know, he just knows how to work that market. So, you know, we've been put, we've put out, we put out a single six weeks ago. Our first single off what will be a new record coming out in September. Sweet. So, so we put our first single out called "Where Were You?" And I mean. <sighs> that thing broke like 10 K streams over the weekend. So we knew we had something when, when um, this whole pandemic thing struck the, we kind of re it was, it was more um, Greg, but we kind of all rejigged the way we were going to release this music. So instead of doing the whole, you know, we'll release two songs and then put an album out, Greg decided that we were going to go for a whole suite of singles. And at first we were kind of like, geez, that's, that's going to be forever. We're not going to release that album to October, but it's kind of starting to look now like everything's going to line up perfectly just because over, you know, we've booked, we've booked a show um, that's going to happen just after that album release. And our restrictions are just starting to lift here and hopefully things stay the way they are and we can get rid of this pandemic because there's a lot more people out there worse than we are. But mm-hmm. in our camp, it's all kind of lining up really well. So we've got our first single came out about 12 weeks ago. Where were you? That's just broke. A, I think that's sitting at about 120,000 streams at the moment. Then six weeks later, we released <laughs> a, we released our next track called we want you. And it's, it's, it's really, it's a concept album, everything that we've done. And I just, I could not believe the pandemic struck the way it was the way the, the concept was 
I, in the last couple of years, I've just really, really been getting into that post-apocalyptic theme that's been out there. You know, I've been watching American Horror Story and, and yeah, sure, sure. Walking Dead and getting into this whole life. And I just, I have my own, look, I've got my own views on the world. And I sort of think like, oh, pardon my French. I'm like, oh, well, we're all fucked. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just the Australian in you, I guess. Well, well, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. But, you know, I sat there and I, I started, I really liked the way, it, I, I like the pop culture of that post-apocalyptic theme. And so I sat there and I thought, man, it would be so cool to write this into a record as if the band were like a faction of some new world order and that we were writing music from the old world before everything, before the bombs went off, you know what I mean? And so I was sitting there and I said to my, um, our guitarist is our graphic designer. I said, dude, let's make a logo that people would like spray paint on a wall, like a gang sign. And we came up with the W that's in the circle and it all yeah. started taking off from there. So I started writing the music like that. I'm linking real themes that have happened to me, but pushing it into a concept album. Like I had a breakup long, long time ago. And that's what Where Were You is about. And I conceptualized that by making it seem like my whole, like the world was over. So we, we put in the line themes and lines there, like, where were you when the bombs came down? Where were you when the sun burned out? Things like that. And we, we just really conceptualize it to times in my life when it felt like my life was over, you know, and we all, we all feel like that at some point. Sure. So, yeah, you know, so we released that, we released, we want you. And that's, um, I think that's about to break 80k streams, I think. And then we've just released in the last couple of the last week a let's we call it a song for the lovers. It's it's very much a love song. It's about it's called uh, We'll Watch the World End. It's about two people who were lovers that got separated when the apocalypse happened. So for what whatever happened, whether the bombs went off or or the comet hit the planet or everybody turned into a zombie it's the two lovers who got separated and are spending the rest of the time in the new world trying to find each other and for me this was this was a song about you know that type it's a song about the two the type of relationship you can have with someone that that's really blossoming you might not see that person for six months but every time you get back together you know that you guys have got it figured out it, and it could be any relationship. It doesn't have to be a physical one that you have with a partner. It can be with a friend or something like that, but it's, it's, it's definitely an ode to that type of relationship. Like when, you know, you know, sure. You know? Listen, man, I, I, I think this is like, this has got me salivating. Like I just, uh, so it, it looks like from what I could see. So the record's called, uh, was it Ordo is what it's going to be called. Correct. That's right? correct. Now. So is that, what is that like a reference to speak? specifically because i know that's like that's latin for like like order kind of deals so like what is yeah. it like what is it specifically i guess it you know having to do with the this type of stuff that you're writing like what is the significance of it so the the i'm i'm really a lot of the creative direction with writing from the band comes from me so i always okay. kind of write from that protagonist point of view you know sure um, when we first throw, started throwing this concept around, the idea was like, let's tell it like a story of a guy that predicted 
the world was going to end and then started trying to build a faction to tell people, hey, the world's ending, like get get on top of this. And at first people think he's crazy. And then the world ends. Everyone goes, holy shit, he was right. And then people start following him and he realizes that he needs to be there for these people because he knew it was coming and he sees things coming and he he's just the guy that is the kind of guy that could lead the people into the new world. And I mean, at first we were kind of like, oh, let's not dance too close to the cultish line there. But mm -hmm. in the same breath, that's what I kind of wanted, wanted it to be. I wanted it to look like that. So we, when we were discussing album names, I said, oh, what about Novus Auto, which is New Order? And look, we've seen that be used a fair bit. And we yeah. kind of just covered up the Novus and went, what about just Auto? Order. And we thought, it's kind of cool. There's a few bands using that at the moment. When I dropped that on the label, they were like, auto, what the hell is that? And I had to explain it. They were like, okay. But look, it made sense to me. Order is something that is in complete chaos at the moment all over the world. And Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess we want, you want to beg the question, what type of order does the world need? Does the world need the order? Are we just savages? Do we need to go on? And I know it's getting deep and dark here, but <laughs> auto just seemed fitting for what we were trying to write about. You know, let's just blanket mm -hmm. statement the whole album. Let's talk about the fact that the whole world needs a, a shakeup and we need to learn how to be a lot more kinder to people. And maybe mm -hmm. sometimes that takes a whole big reset, you know? Sure. Absolutely. I certainly don't know how to fix all the world's problems, but I think if we could just be a little kinder to each other, that we'd be all all right, you know? Absolutely. Truer words have, have not been spoken, but uh, record comes out uh, September 25th. That's correct. That's correct. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So we're going to keep our, our eyes peeled for that just a couple more months. Um, one last quick question for you. Let's just spin it around and just talk a little bit more hockey and we'll talk. Uh, uh, you know, some current, current hockey. So obviously, you know, one of the big things on the radar is that, you know, starting August 1st, uh, you know, yep. you know, after the couple, uh, you know, kind of preseason-ish, uh, you know, friendlies, I guess we could call them. We're going to get hockey <laughs> again. And, uh, you know, your, uh, your Bruins obviously were hotter than hot can be. I mean, I think oh. uh, when, when the season stopped, they were at a hundred points, which is just like completely gnarly. So, um, you know, they've had time to cool off, but you know, obviously, even even talking about this in the most realistic way, do you think that your Bruins, uh, you know, have a shot to just pick up where they left off and just start steamrolling pe people again? hundred percent, man. They're hungry. The boys are hungry. I know they are. I know it. You can feel it. And look, we, I think because we had such a good shot the year before as well, and then we came into this season and they were just killing it, I think we're in a really good position to dominate the competition. I really do. Um, I'm certainly hopeful as a fan to see that happen. I, I can't see too much change and just at the start, at least let's see how we go. That's what I want. Now, absolutely. Do, do you think this is like Chara's last, last shot to get another cup? Man, <laughs> I keep, I think this conversation started between me and my drummer like two, three years ago. We ask each other every time, you think this is Chara's last time? You think this is his last time? And he keeps coming back, man. He played that whole playoffs with a broken jaw. So I don't know. I, I think that guy just loves hockey. And as long as he can stay around, he's going to keep going. But I'd love to, I think he just wants to hang. I think if he gets a cup, he'll go. 
I think that'll be it. I think he just wants to hang around, get a cup, and he'll leave on that. Dude, I, I just, like, put everything into perspective and, like, for some reason just thought about you, say like, mentioning that your drummer's a, a Maple Leafs fan. Like, how <laughs> awesome is that to go to band practice every day? Because you could just always hang that over his head like no matter what he could just be like oh yeah you know jt scored five goals and you could just always be like yeah but we beat you like every playoff yeah. series ever <laughs> how, how about that round one how about that round one? Oh, the animosity man like it's 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 definitely it's there like i think the feud between leafs and boston is probably the most out there feud you know and when he found out i was a boston fan that was it it was just hockey i think We'd talk, we'd talk at band practice at least 10, 10 to 15 minutes of hockey and the other guys are sort of just standing there resting on their guitars like, you guys done yet? You know? <laughs> <laughs> the, and it, you know what it's like when you get two, two rival team fans together. They just won't shut up oh, yeah. and we don't. We don't. We just are at each other about it all the time. It's just the best thing to argue about, I think. Now, Nick, I, I do want to... Uh let you go because i know it's uh getting you know probably close to to lunchtime at this point because we've been talking forever <laughs> and and, and oh, I, it's pretty close it's getting close yeah <laughs> i should yeah. eat something yeah for <laughs> sure so we'll let you go on that we're super excited for your your new album and this is going to be a full length this will be a full length yeah oh we're pumped and i guess just kind of a, a silly wrap it up kind of just what's your thoughts what are your thoughts on Chase Atlantic? Chase Atlantic, uh, I mean, I think they're the next up-and-coming band, to be honest. <laughs> they're awesome. So I think that's going to be something to keep your eye on. Oh, yeah. Dude, That that's my guilty pleasure. Like, their lyrics yeah. I do not relate to at all, being like a 33-year-old <laughs> teacher. Like, it makes no sense that I listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, like, so catchy and, like... I don't know, man. Just roll down your windows and blast them kind of music. They're awesome, man. I'm a big fan. All right. Well, there you have it. So, Nick, man, it really has been a blast. Like, this is probably our most interesting interview we've ever had. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, so many different perspectives that are, are so different than everything else we've heard like you know we we've talked to bands that you know are from canada and we're like man it's so hard for even these bands in canada to get over to the states but like your perspective is totally totally above that it's yeah. just it's crazy it's tough uh, it's it's been good being on the show i appreciate it absolutely man thank you so much we'll talk to you soon all right thanks guys cheers
righty. We're back in it. Dude, Nick from We Set Signals, man. How cool was that? Just like getting to talk to like an Australian guy, just all down under, being all Bruins fan. That's super cool, man. It just getting that perspective again from talking to someone halfway across the world and understanding, you know, how different things are there versus here and, you know, their trials and tribulations about trying to, you know, get on tours and, 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 you know, trying to grow their band and, you know, having, you know, the, the desire to come to the States, but, you know, obviously, you know, a band full of 30 somethings all with families and, and full-time jobs, man, it's not the easiest thing to do, but, you know, obviously they're, you know, they have a million streams and, you know, if, as you heard in the interview, a lot of those streams came from, you know, the States. So I, I would th- think that once that new record drops in a couple of months a lot of big things are going to be happening for them yeah hopefully they get over here and you know i could catch a show here you know in north carolina and and you know shoot the shit with them in person about hockey music and that would just be so freaking cool like i don't think i've ever met someone from australia so yeah i mean and uh you know yeah that would be definitely cool and you know they they talked about obviously you know bands like parkway drive and the amity affliction that have kind of set the tone for you know some of the you know the 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 metal and uh you know hardcore and you know some of the more aggressive music coming out of australia you know obviously i mentioned in the interview one of my favorite bands from australia the smith street band but uh you know for you mikey like do you have a band or two in mind from from australia that you you know have been digging recently or you know i'm so happy that you didn't steal this i'm so happy you didn't steal this from me because i totally thought you were going to can you even guess who where I'm going? Yeah, trophy eyes. No. Closure oh. in Mo- closure in Moscow. Oh, I totally forgot about closure in Moscow. No, wait. Are they from Australia or New Zealand? Dude, it's I'm I've got to look it up, but I'm pretty sure dude, it's Australia. It, if they're from New Zealand, it, it's going to be a problem, dude, because uh, nope, okay, they are. They're from Australia. Woo! Okay, we're good. Oh, thank God. But it's funny Dude, you mentioned that, you, Trophy you know, Eyes because one of my, my homies from Long Island works with them. And, like, when they came over to the States, like, he came over with them. And my buddy Zach, shout out, shout out Zach, I know you listen. That's why our Australian numbers are so high for a hockey podcast because <laughs> Zach alone streaming. <laughs> but Thanks, Zach. We appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned Trophy Eyes. But, yeah, I was, I was thinking... uh closure in moscow totally forgot about them man the great band and and their and their records their two records couldn't be any different like couldn't be any more different rather like dude going from first temple to pink lemonade very different records yep dude i i remember you you know you used to send me mixtapes like and this is 2005 2006 no one was doing that and you had like some crazy like I, I think you actually put them on like dvds because for some somehow you were able to put like 200 tracks on these cds like they were crazy so what i used what i used to do was i'd so there it was essentially this thing called they were called mp3 cds and the way it worked was so just just real quick you know this is going back to the mid-2000s but you could burn a cd and if you burned it as an actual like cd it can only burn you know 15 or 16 songs But if you burned it as an MP3 CD, it would burn it as just data and certain CD players would be able to 
like read that and pull it off. And I remember I had a disc man um, before, like I had my first iPod that had that capability. So I would burn like, you know, 150 songs to a CD and then I would just be able to scroll through them, which was like the coolest thing. But yeah, that's how I did that. Dude. And I, I want to fill, fill the listeners in on another secret of how I got music, you know, before streaming services and things like that were available. And I don't even know if many people know this, but on AIM, so I'm talking like Instant Messenger, Tom somehow had this capability where he his like iTunes library was available to his friends on AIM. So I remember my friends in college who never even met you, I would go into like their rooms and I would see aim open and they would be like ripping music from your aim like profile or whatever and it it, like till this day it doesn't make sense that how that happened but it was like super fast it was actually like faster than like using limewire or any of those other like sketchy programs where i could just like literally look at all your music that you had and just like oh i want that album and like download it within a within a couple of minutes bro the f the fbi i hope I hope they're not listening because like I'm gonna get arrested. But like, uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I had that going on for a long time. Um, it was called Get File. Uh, that was like the, that was the term we used. But like, that was the process through which you would, uh, like, obtain it from using AOL Instant Messenger. But yeah, man, I would have all different people. Like, I'd just pop on my computer, and all of a sudden, this random screen name would just be like downloading songs for me. And like, I had, I did have a habit of like, if it was someone I did no i would like instant message them and be like hey who are you like what fuck, what is this and oh dude I'm, I'm mikey's like, oh, friend from courtland <laughs> yeah i'm so-and-so's friend and you know I, I oh okay no that's not a problem man just you know you know i'd always tell people like oh just you know keep it to yourself you know don't tell a bunch of people you know because i didn't want uh craziness happening but yeah man that was uh that was the way that was the way i did it and it was good it was good news man I, you know i always love sharing music with people i still to this day love doing that so i really did enjoy that back Back in the day. Well, one one way that we do share music is our playlists. And they're yeah, always do. evolving. They're always growing. Go ahead. Find us on Spotify. Go, go to the link in our Instagram and follow those playlists. Because, like I said, I listen to a bunch of playlists. And I will put my name on it that our playlists are just as good, if not better, than some of these playlists that have over a million subscribers. I I am not just saying that. That just goes to show the type of guests we're having on this podcast. And I I just I, I want every single band that we've had on this show to be the biggest band. And this is a community we're building. So to go follow those those playlists, listen to the listen the hell out of them. And let's make this a thing because we are super passionate about sharing music with you and that's a great way for it to happen. So go, mm-hmm. go, go. I love that, man. And I, I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, man. And uh, with, with that sentiment, I will send us off. So uh, of course, visit us, bardownbreakdown.com. Go to our Instagram. We've got all of our links laid out for you. Catch us anywhere that you listen to your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Stitcher, uh, like I said, episode 70, uh, it's something to be proud of, man. And we've got a bunch more coming your way. So, uh, you know, 
keep an eye out for us. Uh, you know, do us all a favor. Uh, you know, obviously, as um, as hockey is is coming back, you, you know, just remember that uh, you know, as as much fun as this is, as great as this is, you know, these are human beings out there. So you know, whatever whatever ideology you subscribe to, you know, say a prayer, keep them in your thoughts. You know that these guys stay healthy because you know, they're out there trying to entertain us, and and uh, you know we're very grateful for it. So uh, on that note, Mikey, Tom, it's been real. Peace be with you. And also with you.